0: Welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Welcome back to the UMMC podcast. We are glad to have you back. I've got Christian with me again today, our UMMC microbiology PhD student. Today we are moving to the story of Joseph. This is one of my favorite stories of all time and probably one of the most popular children's Bible story of all time. Now a lot of people focus on the coat of many colors or maybe Joseph's organizational skills. I've also heard some sermons about the story of Joseph being a sign that God has a plan for you to make you prosperous. While all those things may be true in a sense, there is a deeper matter about the story of Joseph and it's actually a theme in the entire New Testament. Today we are going to answer my kids' favorite question, why? Why did all these things happen to Joseph? What precedence is God showing us in the story of Joseph? For those who are completely unfamiliar with the story of Joseph, I recommend reading Genesis 37 to Genesis 50. For now, though, I want to give you a summary concerning Joseph's story, and then we will get into today's reading. Joseph was one of the sons of Jacob, and in Genesis 37, it says that Israel loved Joseph more than all his sons. This caused a lot of strife between Joseph and his brothers. In addition, God gave Joseph two dreams, both showing that his brothers would bow down to him. You can imagine now how much his brothers just adored him. His brothers hated him so much that they had actually planned to kill him. But Judah, one of his brothers, suggested that they sell him into slavery instead. This was how Joseph ended up as a slave in Egypt. In a man named Potiphar's house. Potiphar was an official in Pharaoh's house. In Genesis 39.3 though, it says something very interesting concerning Joseph in relation to Potiphar. It says, and his master saw that Jehovah was with him, and that Jehovah caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. We'll get back to this matter. All was going well in Potiphar's house until his wife tried to seduce Joseph. Joseph resisted, and in chapter 39.9, he He stated, how then can I do this great evil and sin against God? Well, Mrs. Potiphar wasn't so happy about that, and she accused Joseph of coming on to her and got him thrown into prison. Poor guy, right? Here was a godly man, one that feared God, didn't do anything wrong, yet was sold into slavery and now thrown into prison. Now in prison, Joseph had an opportunity to interpret two dreams— One for Pharaoh's cupbearer and one for Pharaoh's baker. Both which came true. However, when the cupbearer was restored back to Pharaoh's house, he totally forgot about Joseph. What a bummer. So Joseph was stuck in prison for another two years. This guy just can't catch a break. In Genesis 41, now we see that Pharaoh had a dream. He couldn't figure it out and neither could all the wise men of Egypt. Now the cupbearer remembered Joseph, and told Pharaoh that Joseph was able to interpret dreams. In short, the dream showed that the world was about to have seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of severe famine. Therefore, Joseph advised Pharaoh to store up during the seven years of plenty to prepare for the seven years of famine. In Genesis 41:39 through 41 it says, Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, There is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. There Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Hooray for Joseph! It seems like everything is finally starting to look up for him. Everything happened like Joseph said. Joseph stored up a lot during the years of plenty, and once the famine hit, it was severe. In Genesis 41:56 56-57, it says, When the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians. For the famine was severe throughout Egypt, and all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph, because the famine was severe everywhere. Now, of course, Joseph's brothers also came to Egypt to try and buy grain during the severe famine. And through some very intense interactions, Joseph was able to reveal himself to his brothers, whom had thought that he was already dead. Now, this is a verse I want to emphasize today, because we want to see Joseph's insight concerning everything that happened to him. This is Genesis 45, 5-7. And now do not be distressed. And do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. What a thought here by Joseph. I just want to read this again. Do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, but it was to save lives that God set me ahead of you. Christian, I just covered a bunch of chapters, but I want to start back from the beginning by asking you a question. How was Joseph able to overcome all these situations he was put in? How did he not break and just quit? And how did he not throw his brothers in prisons when they came to him because of all that they did to him?
1: Yeah, it's really, that is really amazing um, that Joseph would have such a view, such a positive view of his kind of difficult experience going through slavery and his ability to see God's hand kind of behind the scenes. Uh, I would just add, it's probably related to the the dreams that he had, the visions he had as a young person. He had like those dreams of like, It was like the star, 11 stars and the sun and the moon bowed to him and like a bunch of uh, sheaves of wheat were bowing to him and he told it to his parents and his brothers and they were all like, oh, so you think you're better than us, huh? We're all bowing to you, something like that. Eventually, you know, later on, that that is the reality. But, you know, I, I just want to mention that, you know, he had that kind of a vision, governing vision throughout his entire life, even when he was in prison. When he's interpreting other people's dreams, he still had a side of that of the one that God had given to him.:
0: That's an awesome point. It all started with Joseph's dreams, his visions. You know, it was probably a little disheartening that everyone else's dreams that Joseph interpreted was coming to fruition, but his dream wasn't. But Joseph was full of faith and he kept speaking. It reminds me of Paul's writing in 2 Corinthians 4:13 which says, "It is written, I believe; therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak." Joseph had faith that God's vision would come to pass. Therefore, not only did he keep speaking, he lived his vision. He lived as an overcoming person that overcame every situation. And like we saw in the summary, Everyone around saw that Jehovah was with him. Potiphar saw this. Pharaoh saw this. He didn't just speak God's words. He lived it to the point that even the unbelievers saw that here was a man that was one with God on the earth. I also want to point out an interesting fact in Joseph's dream. In the one about the sheaves, it didn't say that Joseph was a sheaf and everyone else was a bunch of weeds. In the other dream, it portrayed his hateful brothers as stars. Why is this important? God was showing him that, Joseph, you are no better than your brothers, and your brothers are no worse than you. Yes, your brothers have issues, but they are also sheaves like you. They are stars. In a sense, God is the judge of their worth. I have to believe that this affected Joseph deeply because if I was in power and my brothers did this to me, somebody is getting thrown in prison for a long time but joseph viewed his brothers as sheaves like him as stars what an impressive perspective i want to spend a little time now on genesis 45 5. joseph didn't say god sent me ahead of you to make me powerful or famous or full of authority but he said to preserve you a remnant on earth and to save your lives essentially God sent me here, not for me, but for you, for the whole world, really.
1: The famine was so bad, and people were so desperate for grain. They first started buying with money, and then they trade some belongings, and then eventually they start selling themselves and their, their own land, everything that they have, because the situation is so desperate during that time of famine, so... Uh, it was very sovereign. Uh, we can see that's kind of from the outsiders looking in, God really preserved the world, but also, of course, preserved uh, the Israelites, right? The 12 sons of Jacob and all their families, ultimately for, for his purpose, right? That he had promised back to Abraham. You're going to have a land, you're, you're going to have your seed is going to live in the land. We'll see, we see more of what god is doing with that family his chosen people of course that that relates to us in the new testament sense right we're as god's people but anyway um i know we wanted to talk a lot more about joseph and feeding
0: yes let's transition a little bit because the situation in joseph's time is a lot like our time what do i mean by that yes outwardly we have plenty of food we live in america We have food literally everywhere. But spiritually speaking, the world is in a famine. People are hungry, and if you've ever been to a country where there is no food, people are desperate, fighting to eat anything. People will eat trash if they have to. They will eat grass, bugs, whatever. It's like that today in the world. We can talk about sin and temptations and all that, but the root of it is hunger. The world, and to be honest, even Christianity as a whole is hungry. Therefore, we try all sorts of things to satisfy that hunger. We try different entertainments, bigger, flasher, all these things. And yes, we might be satisfied for a minute, but soon the hunger is right back. So we try something else. It's really a perilous situation. This is why Joseph's story is such a pattern to us. If we have the vision that the world is actually in a famine situation. What is our responsibility? It looks like you want to say something, Christian.
1: Well, first I just want to touch on what you said about the spiritual situation today. I think the Lord really needs to open our eyes to look around. and It's like a famine, spiritually it is. And people are just reaching out, you know, if I, and even me, if I had never met the Lord and gotten into a ministry that really opened up the Bible in a way of feeding, you know, we're just out there searching, you know, trying to fill fill ourselves. We have been talking about feeding ourselves and how the Lord has fed us and the Lord wants to be life to us. And yeah, this is all really awesome. And we're all learning that, I think. But then this this is a really good point you brought up with Joseph. At some point, then we're able to feed others, and it's almost uh, like we should be feeding others. It's a, it's a, it's a I hesitate to use the word responsibility, <laughs> but like it, if if you if you have a really good rest if you've been to a really good restaurant, then like you want to tell your friends about it, right? So like if you've experienced something generally like. Being genuinely satisfied, getting fed, then like you wanna you want other people to experience that too, right? So yeah, definitely there's this kind of responsibility.
0: Yes, I like that word. This was Joseph's view. Everything I went through is not for me, but it's to feed you. All my experiences with God, being sold into slavery, being sent to prison even moving up to the number two guy in all of Egypt. All these things is not just for me, but it's to feed you, to supply you. I want to bring up John 21 because this was also the Lord's heart. Peter had denied the Lord three times. He probably thought it was over for him. He had no more place in the Lord's work, but the Lord came and established him back. The exchange between him and the Lord is so sweet. The Lord asked Peter if he loved him. There is a lot of spiritual significance in this exchange, but I want to focus on the Lord's response. He said, Feed my sheep. Shepherd my sheep. Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Sometimes I'll put my name in there. Tim, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. His response would be, Feed my people. Not give money to the poor. Not perform some miraculous work. Not better my behavior or live a better version of me. No, feed my sheep. Shepherd my sheep. This word really affected Peter because this theme is throughout Peter's epistles. But I would just have to ask myself, do I have this thought? Is my Christian life just for me? Is it full of activities? Or do I have this view of feeding? And I like how you use the word responsibility. It's not the pastor's job to feed everyone. Or just a select few to feed. It is our responsibility, my responsibility, every saved, regenerated believer's responsibility to feed not just the world, but fellow Christians.
1: I think that's a great reminder. We we can feed one another and we, we should be feeding one another. You know, that that's a great portion from John twenty one, right? Where the Lord he's after his resurrection, he's he's gone to restore Peter. Peter had that big failure; he denied the Lord three times. And then the Lord asked him, "Do you love me?" And then, after kind of reestablishing that, it wasn't go out and do some great work or something. But he he says, "Feed my sheep, shepherd my sheep, mm-hmm. feed my lambs." So yeah, I think that's really good.
0: Amen, Christian. I also want to bring up this matter, too, of what we feed the hungry people. This is so important. In the last couple of podcasts, we brought this matter of the woman at the well in John 4. How from an outward view, she had some character flaws. She needed to be a better person, etc., etc. But the Lord showed that deep down, the reason she had so many husbands was she was thirsty. She was dissatisfied. And the Lord offered himself to her as living water to quench her thirst. I would say the same thought is present here in John 6. It looks like you want to expound on this point, Christian.
1: While you were mentioning uh, the Lord meeting that woman at the well, that's John chapter 4. John chapter 6 is when the Lord is feeding the 5,000. And in one of the gospel accounts, the Lord's like, hey, you feed them. He's talking to the disciples, right? (laughs) They're like, it's gonna. We don't have enough money to feed all these people. And here's five loaves and two fish. And then, and then what, the, what the Lord does with that is he looks up to heaven. And what does that signify? That signifies that he acknowledged God the Father as the source for that feeding, right? So I think that sets a good example for the disciples and for us, right? So I, the point I'm trying to get at, I think, is that first of all, this it can't be out of ourselves. We can't be trying to conjure something up to feed people. We we get fed ourselves and then that's what we can, that's the best thing to feed other people is what we've been fed with. Our getting into the word and getting fed uh, into the ministry that opens up the word to us as we kind of eat and digest and assimilate that into us, then um, that is what's really nutritious to other people. What we've experienced, maybe some some truth from the word, some something there combined with our experience. That's really uh, nourishing, you know, people can relate to that and um, get fed by that.
0: That's perfect, Christian. Because I think this is extremely important. It's easy to give people our opinion or advice or things like that to try and help them. But I like how you brought out that it's what we've enjoyed from God. It's us enjoying Christ as the bread of life, as shown in John 6. That is what we feed people. That is what will cause people to be satisfied. That is why it's so crucial for us to spend time with the Lord in the Word to experience god in all our situations because what we gain of god is not just for us it's for one another and to bring it back to joseph's story this was his view i was sent here for your sake all the things i've experienced of christ it's for you in the end joseph was able to feed not just his family but the entire world this is how god fed the world not himself directly but through joseph and even today he wants to feed people through you through me he wants to shepherd people through you and through me this is so awesome throughout genesis most of the revelation of the word has been personal right i want to call on god like enoch i want to walk with god like enoch i want to build the ark like noah i need to be worked on by god like jacob This is truly one of the first times where we see that it's not just for me. Our Christian walk isn't just for my edification, but it's for the feeding of His people. It's for the feeding of the hungry people in the world. Wow! I want to encourage you all. We have the Lord as the bread of life. He's wonderful. He's so satisfying. He wants to be everything to you so that He can satisfy all those around you. He can feed all those around you, your co-workers, your classmates, the people at the grocery store, everywhere. The Lord is calling out to you, if you love me, feed my sheep. I feel so encouraged after a speaking like this. I hope you guys can pick up the burden that we are putting down. Joseph was this kind of person. He had spent so much time with God that even the unbelievers realized that God was with Joseph. But Joseph didn't do this for himself. He actually did this so that he could feed the world. What about us? This has to be our view. I hope this word penetrates deep into your heart this week. And I hope this word comes to fruition, that you would spend time with God, love God, Enjoy God as the bread of life so that you can feed all those around you. On a side note, we will be wrapping up the Genesis podcast next week. If you guys have any books that you are dying for us to get into, feel free to comment on our Christians at UMMC Facebook page. We will have something very special for you guys next week. So be sure to tune in. Until next time, have a blessed week. He shall live forever. And the bread
1: of